We're in a good mood today. Anything happen over the weekend? It's over. <laughs> the streak is over, baby. It's finally All right. over. All right, we got to do a show now. We, we it's time to we're on to Clemson. That's right. That's how we think at UVA. light pod thank you (laughs) talking to the uh, listeners and the viewers you're the co-host phone's ringing we're trying to do a pod here tom pocket playoff tom playoff tom tom made the playoffs in our uh fantasy football league shout out to tom we'll get to the update on the die tips and who's getting blessed with the guy fieri frost uh, later this week, possibly. Um, so we're on to Clemson, and we're on to Christmas. That's right. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I want to see if my wife actually, Meg, listens to this pod. I want an Oculus virtual reality headset for Christmas. So it's just a, just a test. I love you. Yeah, though we're on to Clemson, Meg, I would like maybe a framed <laughs> picture of uh, Virginia 39, VPI 30. VPI, of course, for people who are... Uh, I'm Chris Long, as your, your co-host, making Gunner. We're supposed to do that. The people uh, upstairs, mm. so to speak, said that we should introduce ourselves more. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, so I'm Chris Long, as making Gunner. We're, we're again the host of Greenlight, and we are lifelong UVA fans, making longer than me. Uh, you know, it's, I'm going on, uh, what now, 26 years, but making his entire life, and we attended UVA for a time period. Yeah. Uh, and we finally got to beat Tech this weekend, so I would say that makes your year. Year was made from a national championship in men's basketball yep this is the capper it's the year of the wahoo uh this was 15 years in the making so it really makes a couple of decades if we're being honest and if we're being honest it seems like you're overlooking lacrosse i'm not nor am i overlooking men's soccer number one seed in the tourney yep there's a lot to love about the wahoos these days and uh the virginia tech Hokies. how many national championships do they have zero goose egg Virginia is one of three teams with increasing win totals over the last three years. Oregon, LSU, Virginia. Bronco Mendenhall doing a terrific job. A lot of people wondered how the recruiting thing would go out here. It is a big difference. I mean, when you coach a BYU for a long time, the age and maturity of some of the kids you get you know, that came back from missions are like 26, 27. Um, and that kind of automatic pipeline to BYU you have it doesn't exist here, and certainly culturally, it's a big change to recruit in the Mid-Atlantic slash South. I don't know, are we in the South or the Mid-Atlantic? Both at the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, he does, he does a lot to change the culture here. This team was the right team to end this streak. And, you know, if you're a Virginia fan, you know the, the, the pervasive feeling in a lot of sporting 
contests is that we find a way to lose sometimes. That's not happening anymore. It's not happening with basketball. It's not happening with football. We we were down, what, three times in the second half? Yeah, three separate times, including about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And we end up winning. And I think that mentality starts at the top with Bronco Mendenhall. I want to give a big shout-out to Marcus Higgins. Yeah. Tremendous coach. The wide receiver stepped up big time. The yep. Dubois catch, which we've got the, the graphic here for those of you watching, um, running away with the Commonwealth Cup. Gave that cat a stiff arm that lasted about 25 yards. Yeah. You hate to see it. My man was going for a ride there. <laughs> yeah, look Down at that. David A. Harrison Field. Way. Yeah. Um, did you have a favorite play from that game? Did I have a favorite play? Um, this might not be the most popular pick because there were some really that, well, gosh, how can you not pick that or the one that uh, sealed it? But. Brian Delaney's 48-yard kick. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, that's a kick, as you were saying, historically, a Virginia player might miss. I'm up in the the, the box going, he's going to miss it. And he drilled it. He drilled it. Shout out to kickers. My favorite play is probably because it's such an indication of how dominant Bryce Perkins has been at times. And, you know, I said this on Rosillo's pod yesterday. Seeing Bryce Perkins, who has lit the ACC on fire offensively. Best quarterback we've had since Biscuit, probably. Um, and now we'll go down as one of the most popular Virginia athletes in the history of the program. I mean, in, in my opinion. And, and I told him before the game, I said, if you win this one, you're a god. Like, and to me, he doesn't usurp Anthony Poindexter, maybe, but he's in that conversation with me now. Because this is one of the most impactful wins we've had athletically in the history of our program you know and that includes championships because football i believe is a big driver you can't do it if you can't win in state 15 times in a row and then i think four be four preceding our last win in 03 so what 18 of the last 19 yeah 98 to 03 yeah this feels like things are changing i'm super excited about there was a lot of great college football this weekend iron bowl included iron bowl was great that 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 game had everything. Had it all. Uh, it had complaining coaches. Yeah. What do you make of that? Um, they were, they're both sort of uh, maniacal at times. Uh, Saban, more likable to me than Gus Malzahn. <laughs> it's wild. I mean, I just get a sense of... Um, Is it the mooncakes? Yeah, the uh, con oatmeal cream pies that <laughs> yeah. he that he eats. I don't know. I just feel like that's what you see from Nick is, is Nick. what is what you get, and what you see from Gus is is PR. A little more car salesman. Yes, yes, indeed. And that is a business full of Ashley Schaefer's. That's right. I mean, it's it just absolutely is, and that is the hotbed for Ashley Schaefer's down in the southeast. Mm -hmm. uh, but Bama is vanquished. The nation. Size a collective sigh of relief, um, yeah. and uh, and we'll see what happens. Gambling news this weekend. You did want you, to stay on something? Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? Oh yeah, we should talk about Thanksgiving. Uh and, and thank you for asking. First off, did you? Yes. Is there evidence? Oh yeah. Uh, so I make uh, pumpkin pies every year. <laughs> including this one for the viewers. Um, that has a V saber carved into it by yours truly. That's also my first ever IG story. 
Can it be a story if you just yeah, do you really one ne- video? You, ne- you never do. You never do the the IG stories. That's do my you? first ever. I put Twisted Sister behind it. We're not going to take it anymore. Jesus. And these sabers into the pumpkin pie. People always ask, "Wow, that looks really good. How'd you do that?" Do they always ask that? Yeah. And I tell them with my uh, finger, and they sort of recoil a bit. <laughs> That's especially kind of when you're rolling in with a sinus infection, which is cleared. And uh, then I say, nah, that's the back of a spoon. <laughs> that's done with the back of a spoon. But please check out the uh, YouTube channel to see that handiwork. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Check us out. That's a beautiful pie. By the way, off topic, I uh, had a long day yesterday, rough day. Uh, my wonderful wife, Meg, again, second shout out of the show, also allowing me go to, to go to Charlotte. Um, mm to see the game. You'll be in the house. I will be in the house nice. um, with the boys. A lot of guys going down there to see us uh, upset Clemson. Um, and uh, she last night was thoughtful enough to order me a key lime pie with takeout last night. Oh, From cool. Maya restaurant. Terrific restaurant. Shout out to Maya. Yeah. But I wanna know where you think key lime pie ranks in the pantheon of pies. Wow. Um, key lime pie easily a top 10 pie key lime pie fringe top five pie uh key lime pie like a number five pie yeah behind who whom whom um i wish i had more time on this yeah i really do like that on you i really do like a pumpkin pie i I guess we can we we can rank the pies another day but my point would be and i haven't made it yet which is that key lime pie is fucking elite i agree and it's also the biggest curveball out of any of the pies that are prominent i mean key lime pie has something different to bring to the dance it's tart i love it and maya makes a great key lime pie thanksgiving was very good thank you very much my observation now that i've had a thanksgiving free from football was that is that it is probably the best holiday. Oh, welcome again. Yeah, uh, and now you sprinkle in some Commonwealth Cup or in and around it, rivalry weekend, terrific. One thing I will say, I have a theory about American holidays. I know not all of these are just American holidays, but uh, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, 4th of July, what do they all have in common? Well, drinking for most, for most folks, but I would say, a crescendo that is long awaited and quickly over. Hmm. Kids feverishly tearing apart the presents like packs of wild dogs that don't give a shit about anything but the presents. Um, they've waited for months. Uh, the disappointment when you get socks as an adult. I like socks. And that's, that, that, was, that was a bait. I know you were actually just uh, before we started the pod commenting on how cool my socks are. They we know look- what to get making. We, here's users or, or uh, listeners out there, users of the pod, please send us the coolest socks. Uh, I'll put the the address uh, where you can send your socks for making. For Christmas, great. we'll do a making gunner sock drive. Shoe size twelve. Uh, we're not gonna do shoes. That's asking a lot of the viewers. Sometimes you need the shoe size to get a sock that's the right size. Yeah, that's true. But I would say this: uh, fireworks on Fourth of July, turkey and food on Thanksgiving. It's over so fast. Yeah, New Year's Eve literally has a heart out, but I guess you have that runway of New Year's Day <laughs> yes. to enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
I don't know. I don't know what it means about us. Yeah, that's a that's a point. It's not a very interesting point. Oh, it's interesting to me. I mean, you eat in five minutes, and it's like a forty-eight hour production. Yeah, I guess I've always experienced it. I never had time to really reflect. That that's my reflection. Thanksgiving's elite. All our holidays have a long buildup to a quick quick finish. Um, I wanted to talk about gambling this weekend because I had another terrific weekend. Your boy, your boy is NBA Jam on fire. He's heating up. I'm Dan Marley in the corner looking improperly scaled on a tiny TV, draining unrealistic threes, even for Thunder Dan. That's me on the books right now. Uh, but an NFL player got popped this weekend. Uh, Josh Shaw, he's on IR with the Cardinals, suspended at least through 2020 for placing a three-team parlay bet at Caesars November 10th. The funniest thing about this, I don't know if it's funny, is that he bet against his team in the second half against the Bucks, and then lost. The Bucks came back to win, I believe. Yeah, I think the Bucks were winning at halftime, won the ball game, but they were something like plus or minus a, one. one in the second half, one. and they didn't, they didn't cover that. So listen, he listed professional football player as his occupation on the sports book paperwork. That's a mistake. I'm not a gambler. Uh, since when do you have to list your occupation at a sports book? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. And I've been to some sports books, obviously never placed a bet on the NFL. Not only do I just think it's, it's just out of line, but uh, you're going to get caught, buddy. Especially when you, you cash in the ticket yourself, from what I hear. Yeah, speaking of buddy, get a buddy. Yeah, get a buddy. Get a, a fall guy. Pal, <laughs> I've got a hot tip on my squad in the second halves of games. Yeah, yeah. Just, just maybe, uh, maybe don't bet on your own team in a three-team parlay. I wonder how much money, though, was on that ticket. That's the biggest question that has been unanswered for me. And how dumb do you have to be to hand somebody a ticket with your name on it? I don't know if you didn't know the rules. I don't know if there's... You know, I don't know if he thought that he's so far removed. It's certainly not like a player who's playing on Sunday. But uh, it's a bad look. You know, being on IR, I know you can feel removed from the team. You got to know better. But the NFL now with legalized gambling and stuff, they're going to run into more and more of these problems. Yeah, they're in the gambling business. Well, they always have been. And that's the thing. Uh, They've always had gambling in their DNA, whether it was the Roonies and the, and the, would you say, Maras? Yep. Stickler for pronunciation here. Those guys were like, they kept book back in the day, the originals, the OGs. I think one of them parlayed like, no pun intended, a nice day at the racetrack. I think it was Rooney and bought the Steelers with that. Mm. I think he just went on a tear at the racetrack. That's a big day. And bought the Steelers. And then uh, I think uh, Mara was just a, a bookmaker, man. And I think he bought the, the Giants for $50 huh. uh, that, that he made gambling, I believe. So since the beginning, there's been a long line of gambling issues. And you know, there's been owners involved in DraftKings, Craft, uh, and, uh, and, and who else? Um, oh, Jerry, Jera. They own part of DraftKings, only 5%. But, you know, twice now, you know, Romo's had his fantasy football convention just completely moved because of clashes with the NFL and sponsorship issues and, and that sort of thing. So you're going to see this landscape now where we're going to run into more and more of these problems, these intersections of the game and, and the game that's being bet on as well. 
1963, Paul Hornung. Khan. <laughs> Golly, you got to come better than that. I know you know how to pronounce Mr. Hornung's name. Uh, it was worth a try. And Alex Karras, I believe that is how that name is pronounced in actuality, uh, were suspended for a year for gambling. Uh, and this was news to me. I'm, I'm not that much of a historian, but it turned out to be a Pete Rose-style thing. They were betting on their own teams, but it came out in the beginning that they were just betting. And Roselle, the commissioner at the time, stepped up because they were doing this AFL merger. Broadcasting was coming into play. So they had to make a, a big example uh, out of these guys. Now, I think a punishment of just through 2020 is kind of lenient. Hmm. This is a guy who's relatively expendable, no disrespect. I mean, most of us are, but definitely a guy who's on IR that isn't like a star in the league. If you're the NFL, don't you make an example out of this guy? Through 2020, though? I don't know, man. I'm not saying it needs to be a lifetime ban, but he kind of walked into this thing. Fourth round pick. He'll be 28 in March. That's going to be 29 years old the following season. His career season. is effectively over. Yeah. Um, so, example made, I don't, I don't know. But for a guy who's younger and in his prime, betting on a team, a year and two months, probably not enough is the way I'm looking at it. Swayed you? No. Mm. Uh, am I just winning a ton of bets or am I the tease god, bro? Since I found out about teasers... It all started one day when somebody was like, hey, if you don't like that line so much, you could just tease it. I said, what the hell is that? You pick two teams or two lines or two over-unders, and some of you real gamblers out there are probably listening. Like, he actually doesn't really know what a teaser is. He's just been winning them. I am 12-2-1 on teasers in the last three weeks. And to finish the explanation, you, you match up different lines, and they're adjusted by six points. So, like, for instance, last night... I didn't need to do it, and this is this is part of the problem. Am I actually just winning a ton of individual bets and selling myself short? Because last night I took the uh, the Seahawks like plus two and a half, and the over at like uh, what was it forty one. Mm-hmm. So I nailed both of those, but I would have nailed the actual lines, anyways. So I'm killing it with the teasers. Uh, I don't know if it's luck. I don't know if this is a trend, but Vegas, you're in trouble. I don't know if I get like snuffed out for for calling out vegas like they send some assassin with a long silencer right here in the chalk studios you and i speak freely yeah i remember a time a couple months ago where i was uh i was afraid to even check in on you following dallas cowboys new york jets (laughs) yeah that was bad so I think these things ebb and flow. They do. You're on a heater. I think you stay in the tease God lane. Yeah, that's that's don't my, get that's, a big head. That's my lane, bro. Uh, but it's gonna it'll it'll come back. But for Vegas, it's gonna be like death by a thousand cuts, like you know paper cuts. Yeah. Um, and if you're feeling a little paper cut, Vegas, that's just me. Slice, slice, slice. Tease God. Veteran gamblers have mixed feelings. Uh, a study that took the NFL uh, games from 01 to 11 said that sports, sports books come out on top for six to seven point teasers, which is what I specialize in the last three weeks. Uh, and the away team in the over pays out more than the home in the under. Another thing is, though, that would lend you to believe that it's not just a heater. I'm just good at this. 
I was six and zero oh this weekend on the green light pod on picks. the green light pod picks. Nice. Stanford Steve zero and six. Wow. Yeah, big development. Oh boy. Yeah, he was calling you mush making. Was he really? Yeah, I'm not trying to start static between friends of the program, but and I kind of I kind of perpetuated that by joking that the day you missed, I I did um I did a Bronx Tale thing. Put you in the closet because you were picking bad games. That was a joke. He was supposed to like drop the joke, but now he's calling you mush making. So it's not might... the first time I've been called that either. Yeah, really? A mush. Yeah, that's mean and not fair because I've had some locks of the week and various locks of the week. <laughs> yeah, this season that have been really successful. Oregon State. That was one this weekend that we didn't talk about. For once, I picked the Pac-12 game correctly. UVA money line had Auburn, had Buffalo, Green Bay under. And I'm really proud of this one, Cincy. I should have put the, I should have done the money line, uh, but I can't bet against my friends in New York. Uh, shout out to Joe Douglas, big fan of his. So it feels weird for me to bet against the Jets. Um, let's do shit I saw real quick. It's going to be quick, rapid fire. Can we? Can we? Mm. Can we look at UVA rushing the field? And by the way, we got we might have got it wrong against FSU earlier this year. We made up for it by rushing the field after our 39-30 win in the Commonwealth Cup. I mean, yeah. and that's a thing of beauty. Yeah, that's- you have the, as soon as the final play is over, students, fans, jumping over walls, running down the hill. Didn't see anybody not stick the landing. No, and you have full field coverage within seconds. Athletic, uh, student body. Makes sense because the athletic program is very good. Looks very Game of Thronesy. I was very proud. I was too. Uh, and then we have Auburn fans. <laughs> this girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at the guy holding the branch. Like It's fucking Lord of the Flies. Homegirl just disappears into that hedge. Look at her face. Is she really crying? I'm sure they've had hedges at Jordan hair. Yeah. Is that how you say it? Spelled Jordan. Pronounced Jordan. Makes no sense. For a while, I thought Georgia just had the rights to hedges on your field. Am I the only one who watched the, the game and I'm like, it's just occurring to me that I can pay more attention? Like, what's what's going on with the hedge imitation thing? Who's imitating who? Right. Um, and you saw the two. It might have been, she might have been one of them. Yeah. But the two older women. Older women that were wading through the hedges. Yeah. Good online content regarding that screen grab. Oh, saw there might be a couple bottles of Chardonnay buried somewhere in that hedge oh, that yeah. they were going after. If the hedges could talk, like what's going on in the hedges? Yeah, and why does anybody think after watching everybody sink completely into the hedge that you would just free fall? I guess you don't have another choice. But I'm for sure doing the I'm deathly afraid of this ladder I'm climbing down style mm-hmm. ascension. Uh, Descension. Well done. <laughs> Scott Stadium used to have not only a hedge of sorts in that end zone, but also a beautiful chain link fence yeah. there in that end zone. Yeah, that's not good. That's Baylorish. Which led to um, multiple injuries when there was a field rush. So they got rid of both of that. Now it just comes straight onto the field and it leads to beautiful videos like we saw. Best field rush in Virginia history is at 95. Yeah, is uh, it Clemson in '90? You're totally overlooking '06. '06, yeah. 
Who'd we get? Half ass you semi holes. Uh Khan, oh five. Oh five. Sorry, I have the years mixed up. Yeah. Yeah, I was on that team, so didn't remember what year it was, but we beat them in 05. They were ranked number three. Ernie Sims was running up and down the sideline talking shit to our recruits. Mm. And uh that was that was uh You can't talk to our recruits like that. No, we'll we'll have Marcus Hagan go go off on you. Only we can talk to our recruits like that. Exactly. <laughs> so um Wrapping up week, what what was it? 13. 13, week 13. Unlucky week, the number 13 for one guy in particular in our fantasy football league. Do you want to paint a picture of, of I don't want to use the word climax, the climax of, of, of the fantasy football season. Sure. Which happened last night. Good straight face there. Loser of our league gets his hair Died, frosted tips. Yes. And it came down to two folks, uh, Kevin Badke of Virginia Cakes 311 <laughs> and Matt Conrath of Team Conrath. It's a creative name again. Uh, and it was basically uh, winner frosted tips for Matt Conrath last night. Came down to Monday night, a uh, guy going for each club at least. What? Why are you looking at me like that? No, I'm waiting I'm wait, because it's so funny, dude. This so, is insane. You can't make this shit up. Seville Witt, great names in this league, ends up coming out on top 141.5 to 140.2. Now he's playing Conrath. Conrath, so Backy's sitting. Backy just has to watch. Right. Right. Conrath wins. Backy gets tips. Mm-hmm. Conrath loses. Conrath gets the tips. Now, uh, Conrath went with Stefan Diggs uh, on advice from some yours folks. truly yeah when he I, could have gone decaf metcalf I, now here's the deal you know there was some there's multiple group texts going on right now you know there's all sorts of back channels communicating with each other uh and there's a group text between myself uh kevin backy and matt conrad two guys who were in in the running for the for the frosty guy fieri joints and uh First off, I, I offered them, I thought very graciously, hey, one of you guys wants to come on the show and get your tips dyed. Um, we'd love to have you. I think they're on the fence. No, I think Conrad's all in based on the text message this morning. Okay. Uh, I, I think we should, uh, should allow him to wait until after the holiday. So I'm really trying to help Matt Conrad because I know that as somebody who uh, oversees the implementation of surgical devices in serious settings like life or death settings i'd hate for him to have dyed tips and not be able to wear a hat uh maybe they can wear some sort of a hat you know it's scrubs and that yeah but you know when you take the hat off people at work know that you're possibly possibly enduring a midlife crisis or it's the it's the geico commercial i believe you don't like geico commercials not into him. But it's the doctor who comes in and says, I just got reinstated. And yep. then he says, well, sort of. Are you nervous? Me too. Yep. Well, I'll see you in there. That's, That's going to be Conrad. That's Conrad. Um, it, he looks like a cover band for, you know, uh, who's the who's the band that did Hey Now You're an All-Star? Smash Mouth. He looks like he, he's in Smash Mouth with these dye tips. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm trying to help him naturally because... The fuck do I care if Kevin Backey goes into one of his many fine establishments with dyed tips? I mean, it's good for business. This pod will drive business into these already thriving uh, empires he's built. Right. 
And so I'm trying to help Matt, and I'm like, you got to start digs, man. You, know, you never know with uh, Metcalf. You just never know. Decaf Metcalf. Yeah. Um, this is on the advice of James Coe, the, the smartest fantasy guy I know, a guy who I'm on Thursday Night Football with Amazon Prime every week, and James says uh, he's got to go with digs. And then what happens? Conrath loses by 1.3 points. And you might remember Vikings got that last kickoff back with about 21 seconds right. and fumbled it away. Had they taken a couple one shots, sideline shot. probably going to digs, yes. one of the two to three shots and one completion would have done it for Matt Conrath. That's why fantasy football is king, bro. It's awesome. And that's coming from somebody who didn't set his lineup for weeks on end. Yeah, big shout out to Chris Long of Team Long. Fewest points scored in the league this year, my brother. We were all about uh, defense. Yeah, yeah. By 3.2 points, Conrath comes in second to last. It's kind of like the, the playoff thing, you know, the division winner and the wild card. And right. I, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like the uh, NFC East. Yes, you're that 8-8 eight and eight division winner who skates by without tips. The rules are the friggin' rules, dude. Yeah. Uh, Monday Night Football, real football last night. So we will hopefully have uh, Big Matt Conrath in to talk football, a bunch of things that we'll sell as an opportunity to to rant about whatever he wants to, but really it's we want him to, to dye his tips on the pod. Yeah, and any Central Virginia hairstylists out there. Uh, That's at, doing dyed tips. At Joel91, at Chalk Media. Yep. Holler. We'd love to have you. Last night was a battle of two elite quarterbacks. Mm. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk almost was Captain Comeback last night for a second there. Uh, and I had to watch this game on a direct TV signal that was drunk on gas station liquor, as I put it. Um, my direct TV box just guzzled um, one of those bottles behind next to the chewing tobacco. Probably two pints. Is I, I couldn't even... It was like play, lag, play, so forgive me if any of my analysis is off. I figured out that in the third and fourth quarter I could watch on my computer. Mm. Hadn't done that in a long time. You had Booger and Tess? Oh, God. Yeah, we did. You had you had decaf Metcalf, which was the highlight of my my Tessator night. Highlight of his career. No, come on. Like, let's not be I'm not being harsh. I'm enjoying the entertainment that is. And I've said this before. Whoever takes the Monday night football job, you are taking it's a Trojan horse. It looks like the coolest thing ever. It's not the coolest thing ever. You're just gonna be a part of the shit show. If you're good at it, you're good at it. That's Gruden what I, is what I will say. Gruden. Sure. I loved Gruden. Are you going to talk about Russ mic'd up? I will talk about Russ mic'd up, but we did have decaf Metcalf, and Joe's like, he's just struggling to get the word. Decaf, decaf, Mac, DK Metcalf, and not a word. Like, Booger didn't bust his balls, which would have took the edge off. Yes. Just take the edge off. You made a mistake. My man Collinsworth would have said, sure look caffeinated to me there, Joe. <laughs> we got Booger talking about it. I hope to see his package expand. Hmm. He said that. Also, Tessitore, he was, of course, talking about uh, Schottenheimer's play-calling abilities. Uh, 
he also Tessator is a big fan of momentum. Where are you on momentum? Is that a real thing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Some people don't think it's a real thing. Nah. So Tessator is not off there. I'm, I'm pro-momentum. Oh, you're pro-momentum. Yeah. I hate to say it. I'm afraid to say it. I kind of think it exists. Yeah. Um, it wasn't Kirk's fault. I, I, listen, they scored 30 points on the road in Seattle against one of the best three teams in the league, as we'll get to in a second. And Harris scored some of those points. Yes. Wow. Uh, wow. And Harris scored seven of those points uh, with a pick six, and he wasn't the only guy with a pick six this weekend from UVA. Safety you? Juan Thornhill, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, listen, he goes up there. I kind of felt robbed of two drives the last two weeks, the DAC drive in, in New England, the tripping calls. And then, yeah, like, listen, credit to Seattle for getting a stop. When you're up there uh, playing late in the season, I've seen that movie a bunch of times. It gets deafeningly loud. You know, all I see is a bunch of coffee-chugging hipsters and Pacific Northwest people just that stadium there's like a conspiracy they pipe in noise I think it's just architecturally brilliantly designed it's the coolest looking stadium it's amazing and I've seen that movie a bunch where there's one big play it gets too loud the coverage is too tight and of course I saw this during Legion of Boom and something underneath they knock it down there's just no space and that's what it was on fourth and three. He got the ball tipped on third and, and three, um, or was it third and six or whatever it was, the fourth down. Um, and then he's throwing in tight coverage. There was nobody open there. So, like, I'm not going to shit on Kirk on that last drive. There wasn't a lot there. Uh, I felt robbed of maybe an opportunity to see the drama that would have mounted if he got down the field. I felt the same way about Dak in New England. Listen, they came out hot. First drive, you got a jet sweep. You have uh, a fullback going for like 30 yards. You finish with a cook touchdown on a toss. And I can hear him saying, this shit's for real. This shit's for real. And I'm like, I believe it. Like, that's a hell of a first drive. But Seahawks, they just find ways to beat you. Um, and just as fun as they are to watch, they have just as many ways to beat you. And and they're 10-2 and two with a, 36, a plus 36-point differential, which is the lowest for a 10-win team through 12 games in history. I mean, and you could look at that as a positive or a negative. I saw somebody painting that as a negative. You know, hey, listen, they're not dominant. Well, when you see a dominant team who hasn't beaten anybody or hasn't been in these dogfights, everybody's first thing is, well, they're not battle-tested. This team is battle-tested. That's not why I worry about them. By the way, the Saints are plus 50, and that's the fourth lowest in history. Um. I know they're battle-tested, and especially if they slide into home field advantage here, the league needs to be on notice. They could end up in Miami. Uh, what I worry about with them is the four biggest games that they played against the best teams going backwards here. You've got the, the, uh, you have the, the Vikings last night, you have the Niners, you have the Ravens, and then you have the Saints. Those are four really big games they played. They've gone two and two in those games. They've given up a special teams or defensive touchdown in all those games. And if you play football in the NFL, the first statistics you need to know about is that when you give up a score to the other team unconventionally, your chance of winning goes way down. And coaches always harp on that. And to me, it's a miracle they've won two out of those four games against that quality of opponent. That's why I worry about them down the stretch. 
Chris Carson's fumbles. Um, you know, their their self-destructive kind of tendencies that they they win in spite of themselves. That's the stuff I worry about. I think they can beat anybody. And that's that's a team that outside of Russell Wilson, I don't really know what their strength is. Um, but they're fun to watch. They had big, big plays and, and big performances from guys that were stepping up last night on a night where Russ wasn't perfect. You know, I think about that that volleyball spike went went that went awry. And by the way, you weren't a fan of his mic'd up either. No. <laughs> he's brutal, dude. Everything was let's go. I mean, he's keeping it brand conscious, bro. I see you, boy. He's just he's keeping it brand conscious. Dude. And his teammates are ignoring him. I mean, he's not a part it's of loud. any celebration. It's loud there. They couldn't hear him. The the one awkward part was when they, the dudes were doing this great choreographed dance, which, by the way, oh, it's terrific, stunning, stunning dance. And you can't you can't hear the music when the stadium's that loud. So, like, that's the amazing part. Yeah, Andrew Hawkins had a tweet about that. Like, and I can't dance. I think it's hard enough for me to imagine dancing. But on top of that, it's not like there's music to dance to. The guy in the front is leading the show and Russ runs in the middle. You've got your and doof Russ, quarterback trying he's not to a doof. He's trying a, to mess it all up. He's he's a good teammate. Russell's just out there spiking the ball like a volleyball. And then Jess, Jess, Joe Tess, when he hears, let's go, said something to the effect of we are witnessing a master class in leadership by Russell Wilson. Joe Tessitore would know. Listen, the way Russell Wilson has played all this year, I don't think it matters what he says. Guys are going to follow. And uh, and last night he wasn't on his A game. You know, there was the pick. There was the scramble out of the back of the pocket, which was almost inexplicable. It lost 13 yards on that. Could have been a bigger deal. But they find ways to win. They got the, the fake punt, which helped, uh, you know, alter the outcome of that game late. You've got the Trey Flowers pick was a big play. Clowney stepped up. He stepped up all year. Rashad Penny. 36 carries through 12 weeks. The last two weeks, um, he has run for 302 yards on 29 carries and two touchdowns. And that's big with Carson's fumbling tendencies, which I mentioned. If you're Seattle, you're always nervous with him down the stretch in some of these big games, the way he puts the ball on the ground. Um, And it's good to have a guy like Penny step up. Metcalf stepped up, as we mentioned. Because Lockett was targeted three times, no no catches. Yeah. So they get they get production in a bunch of different ways, and I think that while they might not have like a real strength outside of Russ, that's all you need. And sometimes, you know, not having a strength, if you don't have a glaring weakness, it can be even better. And I, I I'm not sure what their glaring weakness would be other than their defense has been poor but improved lately. Fourth most yards allowed passing. In the so, so their defense has been poor but improved lately. If you look at them the past few weeks, they've done a better job. Now last night, they were leaky in the end, and, and that's what they're going to have to work on is if they get up big on one of these teams in the playoffs, especially at home, you have to be able to pin your ears back and rush yep. and get production and help these guys out on the back end because that has been their weakness. I'm not ready to call it like glaring at this point. Um, I think if they get home field, again, that field is... It's the twelfth man. It really is the twelves. Yeah, I have a quick question. Yeah, you don't know the answer to it. 
Does Sunday Night Football have the rights? Does NBC have the rights to player intros saying your name and your school or where you're from? I don't know. You you don't see that anywhere else, do you? No. That's did, interesting. Did you get to do that? I did. I used to say Wahoo at the end. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Maybe uh, started by Chris Canty. Chris Canty did it. Yeah. He played in a lot more primetime games than me. Yeah. I get that about once every three years in St. Louis. Yeah. Okay. Uh, power rankings, they suck. Um, ESPN has it right now. Ravens, one. San Francisco, two. Pats, three. New Orleans, four. Seattle, five. I don't like it. I hate it less than you do. What do you hate the most? Well, I just, I know you're going to scream about the Pats. Um, Would you disagree? I mean, they, listen, they're a good football team. They do one thing very well. They have a glaring weakness, though, and that's, that's the entire offense right now in the receiving core outside of Edelman. Yeah, they'll get uh, Dorsett back. I mean, I know that's not Antonio Brown. It's not Rob Gronkowski. The only conceivable reason to have them at three for me, and by the way, mine goes Ravens, Saints, Hawks, Niners, Chiefs, Pats, six. I say that because I feel like one, one team at, at, at six is trending down. The Chiefs are trending up, and they're getting healthy. Um, I think that with the Pats, their good wins are at Buffalo, right? which is looking better lately. Uh, it's against the Eagles and the Cowboys who have been laughing stocks lately. Um, so you can't shit all over the NFC East and then tout the Pats as the third best team when two of their three wins against teams with, well, Eagles don't have a winning record. Dallas doesn't have a winning record. Buffalo's it. Yeah. Uh, they gave up 37 and 28 in double digit losses basically. Uh, to two winning teams with athletic, quarter, athletic quarterbacks on the road. And I know it wasn't a double-digit loss. What I'm saying is that game was a 17-point loss. I mean, they, they caked it on late, but that, wasn't, that was not a competitive game. And they're going to play probably more athletic quarterbacks on the road in the playoffs, and that's the biggest deal. I know that I, I saw Bart Scott got on TV this week and was like, well, they've never gone on the road to win and end up in the Super Bowl. That's not true. I mean, the big road win last year, just as early as last year. But what they haven't done since, I think, 2006 is the Patriots have not beaten a team in the playoffs who they lost to that same regular season since the Jets in 2006. And I think they're like five and six against such teams, which means that like all that production that softened that statistic that everybody brought up or I brought up after the Baltimore game all those wins, all that evidence is 15 years ago. And so I know there's relevance, Bill and it's Tom, but these are two totally different teams. And I would say this team, while you could still win it, win a Super Bowl, um, they could certainly make a run. They look more like the teams that couldn't get over the hump in that sandwiched the Seattle Super Bowl win. Um, and the Chiefs and Bills remain. They could go two and two down the stretch. And the Bills are a game back. They, the Bills have Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England, the Jets, head-to-head, um, division record. You can see how this thing shakes out. But, like, this could go south. And I'm not saying the Patriots are done. I'm not that guy. But I don't think it's disrespectful with their recent struggles offensively and defensively. On the back end the other night, 
to say that they probably aren't a top five team right now. And isn't that what the power rankings are? Like power rankings should be, in my opinion, who's playing the best right now combined with their future, possible future outcomes. And the future outcomes for me, there's a, a lower ceiling on the Pats' future outcomes if they don't have home field throughout. Because they're gonna have to go back on the road to beat Baltimore. There's no way around it. I'm just, that's just, I could be dead wrong in a month. Things could go really sideways and they have to go back on the road to play the, uh, the Texans too. Yeah, what'd you think about a corner on James White and doubling Edelman? I loved it. I thought uh, Romeo did a great job. I think, you know, when, you, when James White, who is one of your best receivers, essentially, and that's the onus is, is upped even more uh, because of the lack of production elsewhere, and everybody saw Brady's outburst on the sideline and whatnot. Like, I thought that was a brilliant plan. And to take Jules out of it, you know, their only big play was to Jules, but it was like on first and 30. Yeah. You know, that, that was emblematic of their struggles. I mean, like three steps backwards for one big step forward, and that's just not going to get it done. There were so many things that happened in that game. I talked about it yesterday on the pod with Rusillo that were uncharacteristic from Landon Roberts on the angle route holding to, uh, to guys running behind the quarterback, Winovich, to missing a sack like John Simon missed the sack on, on, on a play that kept the drive alive, and number 70 sitting there asking for the hold. You know, he's getting killed in meetings with Bill. The pick, uh, you know, the route, the throw. So all this stuff was just so uncharacteristic of, of, of uh, the Pats. So no disrespect to them. I just don't think they're, they're in the top five. And, of course, the, the Hawks have the head-to-head against the Niners. I think they're going to maintain that head-to-head. I think they're going to beat them again. And I, I don't think the Niners want to see them ever again. And the Chiefs are getting healthy at the right time. Ravens and Saints, I have the Saints very high. It's mainly because I trust Drew Brees and Sean Payton and they have a record to to justify them being there. Remember what I told you a few weeks back? It's still week 14. That and San Francisco play for that tie, Kyle. Yeah. Could have been 8-0-1. It was a hot take at the time, but it looks kind of not too bad now. Um, if you're If you're... Comping them to college teams, I'll go first. I I got the Patriots as Bama. You know, the entire country doesn't want to see them in it. Um, great head coach. Neither team has a kicker at the moment. Neither team has a kicker at the moment. Uh, Four-bath extra point, that was a big deal. I mean, like, that's stuff you just don't see. Uh, and they only have one good win, like I said, against a team with winning a winning record, and that's the Bills. Um, Bama had a little bit of that going on this year as well. So I think that they're my Bama comp. Another interesting thing about them is you, you think of the Patriots traditionally, you think about that explosive offense, you think about Bama, well, you think about both sides of the ball, but you think physical, you think SEC, you think defense. That's not the way it is anymore. And the problem with Bama is not Tua as much as it is their defense. And the problem with the Patriots is uh, is actually that offense that, you know, for guys like me who grew up and saw, and you and I, the days of Randy Moss and Welker and blah, 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 and even a couple years ago when I was there and we won a Super Bowl, this offense is not the same. And I feel for Tom because this is his, sw- you know, if, the, if these last couple years are really meaningful to him, he's kind of been, hel- you know, left out to dry personnel-wise. 
Who do you have? I, I got the I got the Ravens as LSU. Burrow is like a god right now. Lamar's like a god right now. They've got two explosive, awesome OCs. There's an excitement. Past favorites are back in the party. Purple. You buying that? Yeah. Purple. Yeah. That's my contribution. I got KC as Clemson. It's a high-flying team last year. Started slow, and they're peaking at the right time, and they're slept on. Now, obviously, the, the difference is that Clemson hasn't lost until coming up here. Yeah, and arguably your best player is your quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Pat Explosive. Mahomes. Also had a lull at the beginning of the year. Um, of course, you can never sleep on Mahomes, and I wouldn't sleep on Lawrence either the way it's shaped up. Fuck it, I'll say the Hawks or Oklahoma. I have no idea because I have no idea what to make of it. They're potentially dangerous. Well, this also isn't a thing. No, it's not a thing. Niners or Utah? <laughs> okay. Niners being Utah because I feel like at the same time, everybody is screaming that they're slept on, and that's that could be completely true, but I also don't think they're as good as people think they are. And those two things are not mutually exclusive, and that's no disrespect to the Niners, who, by the way, really need Richard Sherman to come back. I don't know how severe that injury is, but you're about to see two very good teams the next two weeks. Uh, I'll give you all the money in my wallet if you can name a Utah Ute. Uh, Moss. I'm going to need a full name. Zach Moss. Zach Moss? Yeah. Can you spell Zach? Z-A-C-H. It's Z-A-C-K. Fuck, well, you didn't say that. I'm going to give you half the money in my wallet. That was good. No, that was good. Appreciate it. I didn't think you would get one. Thank you. Also, one of my favorite coaches. Kyle Whittingham. Awesome, awesome. Seems like an awesome guy. You know, you know somebody through the TV. To me, he just seems like a quality human being. We need to tread lightly. Coach Bronco, Mendenhall, and company don't love the Utah They don't get along? Right. Is it outside of that rivalry? Um, well, I think there are a lot of layers to that rivalry. I think it's called the Holy War for a reason. And gotcha. Bronco has said as much, actually. Gotcha. Well, he seems like an okay guy to me. I'm not going to let my biases slant my intuition on that one. Okay. Let's go with some quick hitters. Did you see the Jerry Jones quote? No. It basically said that he bets that Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett will be coaching in the NFL next year. <laughs> Wow. Which is like, I hope you'll find love. Yeah. I mean, that's rough. That, that, that part of a paragraph-long quote about how he believes in Jason says a lot more than the first five sentences. Look forward to seeing Jason roaming the MetLife sidelines next year. Do you think that's what's happening? I, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't think Pat Shermer will be back. It's unfortunate because I like Pat Shermer. You don't like him? No, I like him fine. I, I had actually played when Pat was coaching with the Rams, and he is a real dude. Um, I actually think they're they're closer than than you might think. We'll get to that in a bit. Eagles and Panthers both lost as double digit favorites, and a money line parlay cost the guy thirty five grand. They mm. posted on uh, on the interwebs. This this cat this cat was a lot like me before I learned how to gamble. He thinks. Money lines are safe. They are not safe. I would suggest a couple teasers for him. Josh McCown may never make the playoffs if the Eagles don't slide in this thing. How many years? Like 19. Is that right? I think so. 
Great basketball player. Awesome dude. Deserves to be in the playoffs. 19 years. Playing a lot of gutsy quarterback for for teams. Spot starts. Um, and more. But might never make the playoffs. Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic. 4-0 versus Jim Schwartz. 106.1 rating. Devontae Parker. All day long. Who the Eagles should target in free agency. If they were smart. Uh, there was a kick block against the uh, against the Chiefs, right? Okay, so the over-under in this game was 49 points. Mm. It's 40 to 9. At the end of the game, Kansas City, Kansas City scores, right? Cat from the Raiders reaches up, tips the ball. Push. How awful is that? Probably the bad beat of the weekend, and I was going to see if you could uh, pronounce his name. I don't know if you could hop on your Google machine. I, I don't, I'm afraid to try to pronounce it. Um, you know Washington's still alive at 3-9? and nine? Yeah. They won't be after this weekend. No, the ironic part about all that is I could see all the things that need to happen happening for them, except for them winning. <laughs> You're right. Like, that's, that's it. James White had his career-long 32-yard rush this weekend, which goes to show you how much of a receiver he's been there. Who did? James White. Yeah. That's insane. 32 yards. When, when the Pats posted that on their Twitter, I was surprised. He's a guy that has big playability. They just don't give him the ball out of the backfield, and he's, that's how much of a receiver he's been. Belichick O'Brien handshake. Did you see that? I did. I did. Quick. What do you, what do you make of that? Quick, and um, it's, it was an odd one. It wasn't that, hey, we're both standing at the 42, no. and it's a straight line handshake. No. Somebody rolled up on somebody else. I think it was O'Brien rolling up on Bill, and Bill is really fast getting off the field. I will say that. Yeah. And Bill, he's a friend of the program. He is. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to come out and say it. Bill has texted me nice things before. He's a very classy dude. After, you know... Um, Clarify which Bill here. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Me and Bill O'Brien don't know each other. Um, but Bill is... Yeah, I'll call him a friend of the program. Me and him are totally cool. Uh, but after a preseason game one time, I tried to shake his hand, and he did shake my hand, but I think he's like in the zone when he's leaving the field, especially after a loss that he's not thinking about shaking hands. Like, that's just the vibe I get. I mean, he'll do it, but a lot of people were speculating it was the Casario thing, like Bill tried to steal, or O'Brien tried to steal Casario. I think it just as easily could have been Bill just being a football machine, getting off the field. Got to get back to New England. Got to run these guys into the ground after that rough loss. The Bears could be the sixth seed in the playoffs. I saw that as well. Have you seen this? The the Bears need to beat the Cowboys and the Packers. They need the Vikings to lose to the Lions and Chargers. And they need the Rams to lose to the Hawks and the Cowboys. I could completely see... Okay, in likelihood, the Vikings losing to the Lions seems low. I could see the Rams losing to the Hawks. I could see the Rams losing to the Cowboys. What I have a hard time seeing here is the Bears beating the Cowboys and the Packers. But this looks way more possible than all the shit that happened that needs to happen in Washington. So 
to our friends in Chicago, there might be hope. There isn't. And hope is a dangerous thing. You, uh, you had a quick hitter of your own about kickers. Yeah. You're going to talk about kickers on uh, Friday, Saturday. Saturday. Later in this week. Uh, um, you played with a few. Greg Zerline. Yeah. College. Uh, hold on. Northern Iowa. Missouri Western State. One of those cornfield schools. You played with another, Steven Goskowski, college. Let's do, uh, give me a conference. Oh, gosh. Uh, the American? I think it's probably like Ball State or some shit. Memphis. Memphis. And finally, Jake Elliott, college. Oh, he's Central Florida. Con, Memphis. Memphis, sorry. Yeah, because the, the whole thing is that yeah, Memphis, Central Florida, they play all the time. Nobody plays defense. That's all I have for you on kickers. All right. We'll talk about Justin Tucker and the value of, t- of kickers later in the week. Shout out to the listeners, the backbone of this pod. We love the YouTube viewers, but those of you listening to this podcast, the way it was intended, the purest form of podcasting, we appreciate you guys. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. I want to get to... Um, most embarrassing moments. This is a segment I'm excited about because I found a list that I had compiled from a few years back. So these are all pre-2016. I'll update these at some point. But the most embarrassing moments of my life, I asked Macon to pull a few and we asked Twitter for a few. Make you want to go first? Sure. I'll, I'll do my best to get out of the way quickly because your list is outstanding. And embarrassing. It is outstanding. When I was five, I pulled a fire alarm at an art museum in D.C. Fire department came, as fire departments do. <laughs> I had a fire department one, too. But... And I had to uh, I had to apologize to the firemen and women <laughs> uh, for pulling a fire alarm. Um, you know this about me. Um, I got a really close relationship with my stomach. Um, <laughs> tend to get sick which is a euphemism for uh, just vomiting uh, <laughs> all over the place, which I did uh, in school all the freaking time, especially when it came to public speaking. One time, uh, not at St. Anne's, in Richmond, uh, was to speak. Uh, and I was like, ah, before it started, one, just one second, I'm going to walk out these doors, bust open the doors, throw up all over a hallway <laughs> as kids are rolling into the assembly. <laughs> And somehow I avoided some sort of throw-up nickname from doing that. But that continued. I mean, even our senior year, before morning meeting, yeah. I would get a little sick. But I had a, I had a little routine uh, in, the, in the men's room. It's not good. In the little boys' room just to deal with my nerves. And it was all nerves. Yeah. And you haven't, you haven't blown chunks once this entire time. That's true. And this is way more nerve-wracking. We have at least... A few thousand viewers and listeners. Yeah. Um, as a shy kid, as an introvert, yeah. going by your middle name, as I do, teacher on the first day, day of school says your, your first name. Yeah. I don't, I don't correct the person. I just get really red in the face. <laughs> and I'm a different name for the entire year because I can't tell people, nah. No, you a- don't. Actually, it's Macon. Yeah. My Why have I never seen this? We weren't in a lot of the same classes. Yeah, I was in the higher ones, but the electives, if you will. 
Yeah. I tripped going up, up the stairs at the Greensboro Coliseum when I was about 10, popcorn, Coke, everywhere, people laughing, a lot of people yeah. laughing. Uh, I want to show you a picture of um, NRG Stadium. Yeah. Where you won a Super Bowl. Yeah. This was the Pat Super Bowl. And I was in section uh, 552. Yeah. Um, what I did was I walked up to section 652 thinking I was going to section 552. Um, hadn't been imbibing. It just really wasn't clear. So I'm sitting with random people, lovely, lovely couple from Rhode Island cheering on the Pats, and I'm getting texts from Biscuit. Marcus should, Hagan. Should be the Broyles Award winner as best assistant coach in the country. Yeah, I, like, I was deducing that it was probably that. He was like, are you, are you good? Like every 10 minutes. Like, you good? Like, yeah, man, like... What? Yes, I'm good. Like, go past. You didn't realize you weren't. You were supposed to be sitting with him. No. And then I cut. I I halftime use the facilities. <laughs> you missed the first half. I'm come. Yeah, I'm just with strangers. With, with the friends. With strangers. I didn't. I thought we all had separate tickets to, <sighs> in different places of the stadium. So then, I'm walking back and I look up and I'm like, oh, which was very embarrassing to me. Roll to the right seat with Biscuit and the boys at 28 to three. No. No, I'm not one of those guys, okay? I didn't play a huge role, but that's when I found you my- You did play a huge role. That's when I found my seat. Yo, okay. you won us the Super Bowl, dude. You're welcome. And Last one. yourself in the process. Last one. Um, a few years ago, uh, that's a picture of me. Um, You're on all fours. I'm on all In front fours. of a TV, which- Sounds terrible for the people listening. I'm on all fours in a black onesie. Now, um, and I have a stupid look on my face. This was... As one would to look like that. This was uh, November 1st of 2016. Mm. And I was sending this to um, my lovely girlfriend, Kate, Mm -hmm. her mother and her sister, uh, because they did not believe I had dressed up for Halloween. Now that's a a cop out of a Halloween costume, <laughs> but I was saying that I was um, a black bear. So I sent that text to those three uh, with uh, quote proof that I was a black bear last night for all the doubters and haters. So send it. Not to a her. candy guy either. Are you? No, I'm not. So I send it to her mom, to her sister, and I'm waiting to hear the ding on Kate's phone and the ding never comes. So I'm like, uh, you got your phone on you? She's like, yeah, it's right here. Nothing. So I look at my phone. I had sent that picture of me on all fours with a dumb ass look on my face to a current client <laughs> buying real estate in Charlottesville, Virginia, like in the middle of a search for real estate. And she gets a text from her real estate agent, uh, all fours, black onesie, Proof that I was a black bear last night in for front, all the downers and haters. T- in front of a TV. Yes, in front of a TV. So, <laughs> for all the and haters. Within, did uh, she buy the house? As, yes, she did buy a house. Um, and uh, as soon as I could, I, I reached out to her apologizing, explaining. She was very understanding. What a tremendous real estate agent you must be. Yeah. Well, I know that. 
I don't go, I don't leave the house without a collared shirt because I'm, I'm worried about my brand, you know, looking professional <laughs> and I'm out here sending, sending black onesie pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what time of night was that? Uh, night time. Oh, that makes it even worse. It was awful. But, but your list, mine doesn't compare to yours. Yeah. This is in no chronological order here. Um, I want to start with uh, 1997 school field trip. I have a roommate uh, named Sid Parekh. They mm. let us room with people. I think it was Sid. Yeah. And uh, there was a movie called Jade on TV. Okay. Jade has partial nudity scenes. If anybody's seen Jade from the 90s. Uh, so naturally it's on TV. I, I get out and go in the hallways and tell everybody that... Um, Jade is on TV. Most people don't know. I'm knocking on the doors. So I get the whole field trip shut down because people are watching essentially what they thought was Skinamax. But it wasn't Skinamax. It was just Jade. There was a partial nudity scene. So I ruined the uh, the school field trip. I don't think there was one after that. Um, very embarrassing for your boy. 2006, um, Los Angeles loaded one side of a squat bar in a very... Crowded gym in a hotel. 315 pounds of weights. This is when I was a lot stronger. Just clang against the, the glass, cracked glass. Did not load the other side. Did not load the other side. Uh, That's amazing. 2014 Bahamas, 300-person wedding. Robert Quinn, Mr. Robert Quinn, Mrs. Christina Quinn, thank you for the hospitality. But... I am not appreciative of the the test grade of the, the the wedding chairs. It's a beach wedding at fucking Atlantis in the Bahamas. With some big dudes. Big dudes. I'm not the heaviest. I am I am beyond hungover. This is back in the day when I used to really tie one on at night. I was walking around that casino just wasted the night before. Ripping heaters, cigs. I know this is yeah. a bad. This is a bad little time in my life. And um, during the wedding the next day, I already have the sweats, and they say you may now kiss the bride or where, whenever you sit down in a wedding. I sit down and the chair just explodes. Hmm. Ass in the sand, legs in the air. <laughs> <laughs> the whole wedding stops. Uh, everybody breaks their neck looking at me. Uh, I struggle to get back on my feet and put the chair back together. And I actually tell them, no, keep going. It was that, it was that awkward of, of an interruption. 2008, St. Louis, I nearly killed a guy with the first pitch. Yeah, this is my rookie year. I go to throw the first pitch out uh, for the uh, St. Louis baseball, baseball Cardinals. Big deal. You want to ingratiate yourself to the city, do good stuff at a baseball game. One would be throwing a strike, so I'm meeting with the catcher before I warmed up in the bullpen the whole nine, and I asked the catcher any tips. He goes, throw it hard and don't bounce it. Just just do that. Yep. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. That's all I got to do. I sail the pitch at about 82 miles an hour over the cat's head. It hits it nearly <laughs> two feet from striking a World War II veteran that they're recognizing. <laughs> oh, There's no. only so many around anymore. Yeah. They're very special people. Mm -hmm. Almost struck one in the temple. The ball hit that brick backstop so hard that it rolled to first base. <laughs> uh, There's got to be video of that somewhere. I'd like to find it. 
As a ga- as an adult, I've run out of gas five to seven times, various places. I know that. Barracks Road. Uh, actually flirted with that the other day. I know that about you. Yeah. Not for myself, for yeah. the record. 2016, at a nice restaurant for our anniversary, I backhanded my water, reaching for the bread, and it got all over my wife. 2014, Charlottesville drove off with the gas thing attached. <laughs> Bel Air Market. It's called a pump. Pump. Well, I didn't take the whole pump with me, just the the nozzle and the, the thing attached to it. Yeah. Which they do a great job nowadays of mitigating that risk. It's like a tearaway rim. It's nothing. But the moment that you drive off with one of those things connected to your car, you almost feel like you should just keep fucking driving. Yeah. Uh, Did people? Well, the problem was I was just in line. Nobody mocked me, but I had just talked to, I took a picture with some kids. I was doing the the mayor thing. And then I walk out, smile, wave, hop in the car. Just take the whole fucking pump with me. You know, they got a picture of that too. That's probably a side by side. I'd love to find it. We do have a sandwich with the nice people at Bel Air Market. I'm sure they have, uh, you know, a CCTV copy of that. Mm. Uh, 2015 in Vegas. This is one that you would. Uh... So I'm out late, and Virginia plays the next morning against Michigan State. I believe it was a Sweet 16. Can you? NC2A tournament? Yeah. That would have been round of 32. Round of 32. The year you're talking about. The year I'm talking about. And, and believe me, I watched the Virginia games. I was just in a very disoriented state in Vegas. I set my alarm for the wrong time zone. I wake up in my room. Turn on the TV. I'm like, I'm going to order some room service. It's going to be a nice little day. We're going to watch us win. I turn on the TV. There's We're fouling. The game's over. So in a confusion, I, I, uh, I go to thank Akil Mitchell on Twitter for a great season. Can you tell us the problem with Akil Mitchell? Sure. Um, Akil <laughs> Mitchell had graduated yeah. uh, the year prior. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. There were a lot of athletic big men on that team. That was a great club, yeah. So that was my problem. 30 and 4. Easy to, you know, to forget that Akil Mitchell had been gone for an entire season. Or set your alarm for the wrong time zone. It was just a bad day. 1990, my dad's hero, Charlton Heston, met my pops. My dad took me to a movie premiere or something in L.A. I mean, I was very young. So I get to meet Charlton Heston. Maybe I'm maybe it's ninety two. Maybe I'm six, seven years old. And the first thing I say to him is, "You were great in Spartacus." What's the problem there? Uh, I believe Kirk Douglas was Spartacus. Yeah, I'm sure that was very embarrassing for my dad. Not the only time my dad's ever been embarrassed by. <laughs> you know, Charlton's an interesting name. Yeah, I mean, I know a Charlton. Hmm. Yeah, he's a he's a Southern gentleman. Okay. That's that's how I picture all Charltons. Yeah. And they don't say it with the hard the hard T, it's Charlton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh 1992 Los Angeles, I scored a basket on the wrong basket in in my basketball league and that same year we picked up and moved. <laughs> or a calendar year later. I Completely think I think I told my parents we needed to move. Yeah. 1994, City League playoffs, more basketball heartbreak. I get there at halftime. Now, is that on you? Is that on... I don't want to throw my mom under the bus. Yeah, it was kind of on the transportation. Okay. I wasn't... Good news, City League, I wasn't a key player. Right. I wasn't 
you know. Bad news, you were the glue guy. I was the glue guy. And the club lost the ball game. We, we did lose the ball game. 1996, this is one of the worst. And this is legitimately sad. This is 96. I'm 11 years old, I think it was. We're playing Barracks Road. The Elks Club is playing Barracks Road in Little League Baseball. I have a dead bat. This is about the time that bats started to get really, really good. Live. Yeah, live. And I've got one that's two, three years old. And my family's not a baseball family. My dad played hockey on concrete. Like, there was no baseball in Charlestown. So he's not going to know what a dead bat sounds like, but my coaches should have said so. I had a dead bat for like three years. So I finally hit a dinger, right? Run around the, the bases. My first Little League home run. Ecstatic. Stomp on home plate. I'm mobbed. I go back to the dugout. I got my big league chew, my cowtails. I'm looking at my parents in the stands with thumbs up. Like, great job. And I'm like, yeah. thanks, mom and dad. Yeah. I see the umpire meeting with my head coach, my umpire, or my uh, manager. I don't there's know a, if you call them managers in Little League. Sure. There's a conference. Chris Miller. There's a conference. Something is awry. The, the batter is out. Mm. He did not touch home plate. Ugh. Bruce Maxa. At 11 years old. Bruce Maxa. Shout out to Bruce Maxa. This is the power of forgiveness. I have forgiven Bruce Maxa. It took me a long time, but I forgave him. I see him around town from time to time. I wouldn't call him a friend of the pod. Yeah. Yeah. I think I touched home plate, and I don't think it matters if I didn't. I was 11 years old. That was embarrassing, kind of sad. That is sad. Um, In 1999, Charlottesville, I pleaded to get the ball in JV football. I took a handoff on a, like, kind of a stretch play and tripped over my own feet in the backfield. I never got the ball again. 1990, Los Angeles. Pooped in my friend's pool and blamed it on the dog. And I will always remember that moment where me with my, I don't know if I had floaties. I want to think I had floaties. and I was young enough to have floaties here. But I was a solid four or five years old, and I pooped in the pool. And I don't know if anybody listening out there has ever committed that mortal sin, but I did it as a child. And I watched that thing float. <laughs> Come out of my little swim trunks and just float like a buoy over towards the hot tub. And I was like, oh, fuck, in my kid brain. I was just like, oh, what am I going to do? And I see that thing kind of settle in the corner. So the next time I go over to my friend, my friend's house, Mike Chalfin, he was my best friend. We're in the hot tub. And, uh, and uh, I said something to try to cover my tracks. I said, do you remember the last time I was over? Yeah, the dog pooed in the pool. It was the weirdest thing. And the dad called me on it. You didn't get caught that day? I think it floated in the corner and we were done swimming soon and I just didn't speak of it. Wow. So the dad called me on it. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, the dog didn't poo in the pool, but I know a little boy who pooed in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never forget that I've never felt smaller in my life. And I probably would have. I would. I probably would have approached it the same way. Honesty is the best policy. 2016, Charles. Well, you you lied. Yeah, I was five. Yeah. What wasn't I lying about at five? Yeah, you were being dishonest. You blamed it on a dog. Fuck the dog. Is the dog still here? 1990. Nah. 
Unlikely. Very unlikely. Dog was a smaller dog, too. Wasn't a big fan of the dog. Uh, 2006 Charlottesville Lecture Hall. What? No, nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> Fucking dog always used to look at me funny. He's the first thing that was going to get blamed for shitting in the pool. Lecture Hall. Large. 300 people. Towering Lecture Hall. I was always in class. Probably a 101. My ringer. Deal. <laughs> elitist. My ringer goes off very loud. It's chameleonaire. Nice. That was very embarrassing. Uh, and then in 2013, I took a picture for Rivals.com. You know the picture. Oh, I know it well. I procured a... I was a diesel kid. Um, I was like a solid 250, but I, I had to do my Rivals picture. And back in the day, nowadays, the the... Kids do highlight videos. They do huddle, all this stuff. I mean, you have, you have the, the, the commitment shows. All we had was take the most badass head tilt rivals picture you could. And me being a private school kid, and the knock on me was I was a private school kid. We had to tough up the picture. So I got my friend Jeff Haas, who's a neighborhood adult, to get his massive F-350, park it in the driveway. I got an A shirt. Oh, I would have said that was your... Uh... Bronco. Yeah. No, it wasn't the Bronco. Uh, and I posed in front of it. Actually, I, po I posed in front of Package Depot. Huh. So I did this in a public parking lot. For the viewers, you can see the picture right here. It is, uh, it is me in, a, uh, in an A shirt at 18 or 19 years old. You're in an A shirt? That is a, an A shirt. My traps were just enormous. Four stars. I might not know what an A shirt is. I don't want to say what it is. Okay. Yeah. It has another name. Yeah, WB. Right. Okay. Not a thing to joke about. I thought you were talking about Oakland Athletics, and I was confused. No, I, I was in an A shirt. Okay. I was in the shirt that every mobster wore in the 40s in I, Little Italy. I hate to say with this. With suspenders. I'm probably not going to say this. What? I can't decide if I'm going to say this right now. Okay. Uh, was it one of these? Yeah, you got one on. I'm currently He's wearing, wearing one. one. I'm currently wearing one. And you're one. wearing it under your college shirt for the listeners. Which and, I do. And he I'm just a, exposed it. It's tucked I'm in. I'm kind of a, a throwback here. There you go. It okay. is tucked in to his khakis. Who looks more normal, me or the guy in this, this photograph? Oh, well, shit. This is the Chris problem. ChrisLongRivals.com for those who want to look it up later. I look like a guy who's going to do a bid. A young guy to go and do a bid. Yeah. Um, I turned like out that. I was the furthest thing from it. Yeah. Four star. Nice. Army All-American. Gatorade Player of the Year, but third place in Falcon Club. Local, county, mm. award show. This was a tie for first. Yeah. Private school bias. I also see 6'4 here. I saw a damning photo of you and me this weekend. Yeah. You think we're the same height? No, nah, no. Nah. You think you're taller? You're in front of me, and uh -huh. I'm, I'm kind of towering. Oh, that was uh, at the game. There's a little bit of a runoff at, at the end of the end zone. I was down the hill from you. Con, nah, this is uh, after the game, at the celebration after the game. Oh, I'll okay. show it to you Okay, later. show it to me later. Let's intro James Laronitis right now. Let's talk some college football, some Rams, some Ohio State. My good friend, James Laronitis, joining us on the program. So... My distinct pleasure and honor to welcome one of, <laughs> one of my heroes on the green light. Uh, all everything at Ohio State, Rams legend, probably still leading tackler, right? 
Well, yeah, they, they, you know, when they traded Ogletree, that helped. But yeah. No, well, stop. <laughs> I think you'd still be okay. We have Big Ten Network, uh, 97 won the fan. Uh, you know, how many media things are you doing? Fox, right? You're yeah. A busy guy. Trying. Just trying to grind, bro. Just trying to stay busy. Is that hard? Because, like, we were just talking and. You know, in our playing days, it was it was a totally different kind of grind. This is life is better right now, right? Yes. But, yes. But you're still busy. Like I feel like when I got out, I bit off more than I could chew, like right away. Because you're yeah. like, oh, I need to fill my time. I'm worried about being bored. And did yeah. you ever have to dial it back with all this media stuff? Yeah. So when I first uh, got into Big Ten Network, what I did was I was doing not only games, but I was doing um, studio work as well on a Monday. Yeah. And same thing, just trying to stay busy. And as you know, just trying to, if you take too much time off, you feel like, am I even going to be relevant anymore? Um, right. So that's one of the things where you're really just thinking to yourself, man, I got to find a way to, to make sure that I'm occupying my time. Um, and then it got to a point where it was like, well, with young kids, do I want to travel to a game site and then to Chicago for media and then do two studio shows on a Monday yeah. and then end up being gone Thursday to late Tuesday night? And I'm like, how did I how did I turn this media career into being gone so much? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you you kind of retire, you know, part of the, the perk of retiring is you get to see your family more. And then you start to, like, explain to your kids, like, I got to go to, like, Kalamazoo to yeah. do a game or something. It's like, uh... I, that's a hard sell before uh, we kind of had we so we played uh, with the Rams for for the people listening um, James Laronitis and I were two of the top picks those first couple years there uh, in the well I, I was I was uh, Lenahan and then I had yeah. has Hazlitt and then James comes along he's the first big pick that Spags makes in the Spags era and we did nothing but lose yeah <laughs> for, ma- for many years. <laughs> Uh, James, do you have any good memories? What were the good memories? Let's talk about the good. Man, just the locker room was great. Um, You know the team we had. I mean, we had a great locker room, uh, the the D-line room in in and of itself. But uh, people always ask me, like, was it just miserable? I'm like, well, no, we had fun. Like, we had a fun together. We really enjoyed being together. The frustrating thing, obviously, you know this, is I really felt like we were going to turn around, especially when Coach Fish got there. I really believe that if Sam could have stayed healthy and we just would have had consistency on offense, we could have had an opportunity to turn that thing around. And we were so close. And we would beat teams like Seattle, and then we'd go and lose to teams like to the Tennessee, Tennessee. Titans. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about that game. It was Jake Locker beat us. I mean, yes. you weren't there yet, but I mean, uh, well, actually, you were there. Do you remember in 2010 who beat us to keep us out of the playoffs when we were? It's a relevant conversation now because the NFC East is as bad as it is when we were in the NFC West. One year, we almost won the division. Do you remember who beat us to put Marshawn and, and the Beast Mode Quake into the playoffs? Gosh, was it? Did we lose to the Redskins that year? Well, we lost in Week 17 to the Seahawks. Do you know who the? I know the, that. that was Sunday Night Football. Who was, was the court? Who was the quarterback? If we won, we're in. Who was the quarterback? Was it Tavares Jackson? No, it was fucking Charlie Whitehurst. Charlie Whitehurst beat us, and we had to sit at home and watch. And I distinctly remember because I'm thinking about the NFC East now, and well, I'm I like, for the Beast Quake, I yeah, that was because yeah. we allowed them in the playoffs. Yeah. So anybody that uh, doesn't think that uh, you know that division winners should host home playoff games, look no further. It's one of the great NFL playoff moments. We we wouldn't have it. 
No, I, I try to forget about that game as much as possible. I mean, heck, we only, I got my only win in Seattle uh, our last year. Yeah, we were both on the way out. You know how many pictures me and James took uh, <laughs> on the way out of stadiums and after, like, the last few games, like, okay, well, this is goodbye. Like, this is the end of us here. And we got cut the same day. How, what, Fish called me. I'm sure he called you. I don't know if he called you or me first, but I thought it was the coolest dude that I could imagine getting cut by. How did that phone call go? Well, I was in the facility, and I was. Oh, uh, well, that was your mistake. I was, I was trying. Well, I was trying to prehab, like I was trying to get my knee right and all that, and so um, just in there with Reggie, trying to oh. do some modalities, and then next thing you know, I, he's like, "Hey, uh, Fish wants to see you," and I'm like, "Oh gosh, this is not good." Did not you fin- did you finish your treatment? Like, is it one of those things? Like, hey, uh, when you're done uh, doing ice and stem on your knee, can you <laughs> just finish the treatment first? Yeah. No, absolutely, because I knew that once they were going to cut me, I wasn't going to have access to all that. Yeah, you exactly. You find me a in the hot tub. Um, but no, I went up there and, you know, fish. He's just like, hey, man, what's going on? Uh, hate to do this to you, but we're going to have to let you go today. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> you know. At that Told point. Me a highlight tape on the website. I was like, okay. Oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> if it's any consolation. I remember he called me. I was riding around Charlottesville because I got the hell out of Dodge when it was cold in, in the winter in St. In St. Louis. Uh, and by the way, James and I love that city. We still got a lot of ties there. When we go back, it is nice to have a place that um, – Putting things in perspective, I know we had our individual successes, but we never won. And you go back to that city and people show you so much love. And these oh, were yeah. these were all the people that sat in the stands through the one and fifteens, the two and fourteens, the, the the firings, the bad losses, and they never left. Um yeah. and, and so it's really cool. I should note that that when we when we go back to St. Louis, we we get shown a lot of love. We went to a blues playoff game this this year. Um, do you, do you have a favorite spot that you ate or hung out, uh, in St. Louis? I just love Clayton in general. I yeah. mean, you know, that there Clayton was awesome. Just, uh, I guess my biggest regret probably being there was the fact of not actually staying in Clayton. I rented there my, my rookie year and then went out, I, I got a Rottweiler. So then I went out to St. Charles and then, uh, we got a nice home in Creve Core, but I really just love the walkability of Clayton. The walkability. Uh, yeah, how about that term? Yeah. I just love being able to walk the things and and was jealous of, you know, you and Jake Long and the big money makers that you guys got to live. <laughs> I'm sorry you were starving in St. Charles. Uh, so so actually since since that fateful day we both got released and I think it happened like bang, bang. Fish called me. He was so cool about it. He was like, hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm like, pretty good. He's like, oh, that's great, man. You've been uh, you've been out in the woods lately, and I like we talked for two seconds, and then he's like, so, anyways, today, me and uh, we got to release you and James. I mean, we just had. Yeah. I'm very sorry, and like I'm like, fish, don't be sorry. This for me, at least in my situation, I was hurt. I I probably deserved to be cut. We were making a bunch of money, and we were older, uh, and it's the best thing that happened to me. Um, but we haven't seen each other since that that day maybe but one or two times it's crazy to yeah. think about that yeah. uh now now who i do talk to still a lot is your dad because i <laughs> because i have i have the animal in in my phone as joe laranitis and then i have james and i constantly text james for like gambling tips in the big 10 I think I'm texting James, but I have shot about five to 10. Uh, hey, what do you think of Wisconsin today? Type text to the animal. <laughs> He's like, what's his response? 
He's usually just like, hey, just a, another reminder, this is, uh, this is not James. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, hey, how you been? How you been, Pops? Like, uh, but, you know, Ohio State this year, you've got the biggest name in college football probably that's not a quarterback is Chase Young. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, he's gonna he's he's the biggest name in the draft um although there's some teams that you know might opt for a quarterback early where do you see him going who's his comp what's your read on him what kind of kid is he well I think he he probably will be the first pick um it's either going to be quarterback the team loves a quarterback whoever's that first pick is or best player available but Chase is for one he's an extremely hard worker he showed up on campus three years ago and I remember, you know, guys like Mickey Marotti, who's our strength coach, saying scouts were like, who's that kid? Who's number two? And already putting him on their notepad and stuff before he ever played a snap because he's looked the way he looked since freshman year. The difference is he's worked with a uh, very obviously talented D-line coach and Larry Johnson year in and year out. And he when coming into the season, he knew he was going to be he was already top 10 on big boards. But he's tried to work on his technique. A lot of his sacks, I mean, he has a great get off, as you guys see. But Chris, you'll appreciate this. Like, he has counter moves. They use yes. them, they move them, they try to get him a one on one on guards, which is smart because a guard in space doesn't have a chance uh, with him. But it's his effort, too. There's a couple, you know, quarterback hits he'll get. You know, you can get pressures without just all the sacks that you know about. And there's some hits he has where quarterbacks have to get rid of the football. I'm not good with the whole, you know, comp thing. I don't really know who he reminds me of, but I was talking to Rick Spielman, who's, you know, GM up in Minnesota, and he was saying that he thinks that he, you know, obviously is more athletic and maybe more talented than the Bosa's. So if you want to put that with what one GM thinks about him, uh, he's a special player. And the whole NCAA money issue, I looked what, player likeness and all that. I think we're well on our way to getting guys to be able to capitalize on their likeness. Um, from what I understand, he took a loan from a family friend. He paid it back. Now, the fact that he paid it back, I mean, why are you getting suspended if you paid the loan back? I could right. see if he did it back and he's like, I'm taking it. Right, right. But he paid it back. I don't and know he paid he it back before the scent was on? or yeah. Yes, yeah. he paid it back before the season. Um, so it wasn't like he got exposed. And then and there's a lot of questions about that I still have. You know, you try to poke around like, okay, if someone was trying to get him like back for anything, why on earth would you do it before playing Maryland and Rutgers? Why don't you? I have no idea. I, I had heard somebody on the broadcast during the Maryland game, um, you know, I think it was Gus Johnson floated a theory that maybe it was somebody who was disgruntled in Maryland because of his recruitment. I guess he's a D.C. kid. Yeah. I heard that too, and I asked guys at Ohio State about it, and they're like, "No, that's not true." And I mean, off the record, I wasn't asking on you know air. Yeah, I was like, yeah. hey, was sticking a microphone in their face. Yeah, but they're like, "No, it wasn't anything to do with Maryland." Um, and you probably wouldn't, still, you probably wouldn't share that on this pod if you found out otherwise. Oh, absolutely. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, how, so, so, James, how does this? Is this better or worse than when you used to play PlayStation and get free tattoos all the time? I didn't get free tattoos. I paid actually. You can call me, you can call me dumb for paying for mine because I didn't know my buddies were getting hooked up. I used you know, to, I used to bust your I balls did. so much about the, when that fake tattoo, that, that free tattoo scandal came out. I was like, yep, all your tattoos look free. And to think our man JT, Tress went down over that. It oh, unbelievable. It's such a shame because, I mean, everybody loves that guy. 
Yeah, I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he's universally loved at that university, and 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 it, the players that pass through there. I haven't, I've never heard a bad word. No, he's absolutely loved, and he he's just a guy that trust doesn't give up on anybody, which you love from a coach. You know, you talk about second, third chances. He's never going to give up on a player. Um, and there's a lot more layers than just the tattoos. We always get grief because people hear, oh, tattoos. I, mean, I played with guys from schools down in the south, and they're like. Really? Tattoos is what <laughs> you guys are worked up about? Yeah, I'm we're like, getting well, cars down here in the SEC. I'm like, maybe it's the fact he wears a sweater vest and talks, you know, perfect and thinks he does. I don't know right. what it is, but right. they want But it's all right. Speaking of uh, a guy who wears a sweater vest, I think he wears a sweater vest a lot. Does Harbaugh wear a sweater vest? I think he just wears a sweater. I think is he just wears a sweater. Is it the yeah. sweater? Yeah, it's just the sweater. Um, same neck profile there, but but the the sweater nonetheless. What does Michigan have to do to close that gap? I don't know. You want to give any secrets on the air here, but I, I figure you're not worried about them closing the gap. No. So I found this this um, stat today from the highly reliable Twitter. Yeah. Um, so it has to be true. It's where but, we get all our stuff. Yeah, but so. It's everyone's like, well, is it recruiting? And it's not recruiting. So from 2016 to 2019, Ohio State's had 69 four and five star recruits. Michigan's actually had 71. Wow. And so first and second round picks out of Ohio State in that span, 18, Michigan's only had four. So I think it's a development issue. And speaking to some of the coaches that came down from up there this offseason, uh, Greg Madison, Al Washington. Uh, they said that, you know, look, the, the recruiting philosophy at Ohio state is a lot more focused. There's like a, like a succinct plan. There's a development plan for Mickey Marathi when you get here to when you leave, we joke and call it body by Marathi. You know, there's this whole yeah. like thing there where up there, they said, there's not really much of a recruiting kind of plan. It's more sporadic. Just go get stars. And then when they get there, they don't, but, really and where do they get them from? Well, that's the other thing. They've only had. See, back in the day when, when Bo Schembechler was recruiting against Woody Hayes and all this, there was a lot of talk about the fact that they, they recruited for Ohio kids. Michigan used to be able to go into Cleveland and get kids, not only steal kids from Ohio State, but Chris, they were able to get kids who maybe were a four-star that got overlooked for a five-star that we went for in Texas or right, Florida. Right. And next, you know, he's disgruntled because he's like, well, forget them then. If they don't want me, I'm going to go and try to beat them. And so yeah. they used to get those kids. But they've only had nine kids from Ohio in five classes. So right. Harbaugh doesn't even try to come into Ohio. And, and the reason why I say Ohio is Ohio is known for having good high school football. They have a lot of good high school football players. And instead, the kids that are the three, four stars are jumping to, you know, East Lansing. They're going to Penn State. They're right. going to other places like Michigan. But still, if you don't develop those kids, which they're not for some reason, like you could, you could honestly wonder. Well, you could be a, good, you could be a really good uh, pro coach, right? And you don't have to develop. That's not your – I mean, people right. don't realize position coaches in the NFL, um, there's some good ones, but they're not many good <laughs> ones. And so, yeah. like, development in the NFL ain't happening anyway. So, I mean, he oh. did a great job in the NFL. I thought he never should have left. Now, the Michigan right. thing, I mean, and maybe he didn't know how hard it was to develop these kids out of high school. What, what, what surprised me about it, to be honest, when they hired him, I thought it was a slam dunk in the sense of, Ohio State was running the spread, and I thought Harbaugh is going to bring this 22 personnel, Stanford offense, mm -hmm. the stuff we see in the 49ers, and yeah. he's going to be able to get killer tight ends, quarterbacks, and like tailbacks like Toby Gerhardt to just – everyone's going spread in the Big Ten, and he's going to come in and just punch everybody in the mouth. Yeah, he was going to run this pro-style thing that was going to take it by storm. And didn't do it, and it hasn't happened. Yeah. And instead, 
changed offensive coordinators, I think, three times already in five years. I mean, he's the first coach in the history of the rivalry to go 0 and 5. That's never happened to any coach. Uh, in I have rivalry. no idea what it's like not to be able to beat your rival. I have no idea. Because we, yeah. we just beat <laughs> yeah. Tech. Well, uh, I was like, you guys have a parade? You have a parade this week? No, no parade. We're going to wait till uh, maybe the second or third time in a row. Um, but yeah, so that's your gain, Michigan's loss. Uh, as you look to this Saturday, though, uh, what happens? Well, gosh, I, Wisconsin, Ohio State were close in the first game in Columbus for a half. And, and that was bad weather, rain, all that. I really feel that I mean, Chase had four sacks last time. Wisconsin's going to have to find a way to get Jonathan Taylor going. J.K. Dobbins outperformed Jonathan Taylor the last time they played. He uh, went for over 200. And, and really, J.K. Dobbins, Chris, there's only been, I think, three games this year where he's played in the fourth quarter. And he's only 100 yards behind Jonathan Taylor, which we wow. know Jonathan Taylor deserves all the hype and yeah, all the respect. But he's gotten he's, more. But we know he's the focus of yes. Wisconsin. Like every game, you know, hey, eight man box, it's loaded up. He's the guy. Yep. Where J.K. has. Only played in three fourth quarters, I think. So you can imagine what if the games were more competitive uh, throughout the year, he, what his numbers could be. Yeah. And plus, Teague, who's his backup, has 700 yards. So they, the, those two, it really, if Wisconsin can't run the football, then there's not going to be a chance. I don't think Jack Cohn is a guy that can go out there and just throw on Ohio State's secondary. I mean, their secondary has a guy, Sean Wade, who will be a first or second round pick, Damon Arnett, the same. And Jeffrey Okuda is top five in a lot of these guys' draft boards. Um, talk about a 6'1 corner who's like 210. So he's like central casting for a DB now in the right. NFL. So do you trust Wisconsin's receivers to get open against those guys? I don't, I don't see it. I think Ohio State will win by 17 or more. Hmm. That's, that's something I should personally take note of, 17 or more. i got to look at what that line is. What's the gonna... line? I think the line's at like 18 I think or the something. line's up there. So I think it might be right on it, and I'll probably stay away. Um, but, but real quick, before I let you go, uh, I want to talk playoff cause you guys are pretty much going to playoff. Um, who do you, who do you think is the best or worst matchup, um, in that playoff for you guys? Well, I'm, I'm hoping that they get the one seed because I think whoever slides in there at four, I think there's a drop off somewhat, not saying that a four team can't beat them. Like we know in football, anything can happen, especially college kids, but if I'm at OSU, I don't want to fall to two, and then you're playing Clemson. Like people can say all they want about the ACC, but everyone wrote off Clemson after the UNC close game. Yeah, and that happens in college football, and all they've done since, and I think it actually fits perfectly to what Dabo loves. Like, oh, they're forgetting about us. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. We saw his nobody reaction. Nobody thought we'd win twelve. Right. Nobody, the over under. The over under for wins there was the total was eleven and a half. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we mean we got to go thirty and zero. They're gonna kick us out of college football. If we, I, mean, we, I get his whole spiel, yeah. but yeah, I don't want to face that team because I know no. they have NFL talent. They have a quarterback who's done it before, Travis Etienne. Everyone's forgotten about him. His numbers are crazy. You talk about J.K. not playing third and fourth quarters. Same with him. So I would just rather face whether it's Utah, Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma still has probably the end to get in because the Jalen Hurts story is awesome, and yes. whether we it or not i do believe the committee being human they love brands yes and i think hey if we can have ohio state oklahoma facing off in the fiesta bowl in, in the desert versus ohio state utah it looks a little I different jalen hurts i'd rather yeah. have the lincoln riley um i i just rather would face that team than any right. of the others what was that tiny dog i'm hearing in the background 
That's Louie. That's Louie or mine. That means the girls might be close to getting home. It's all chaos is going to break. How do you go right from now. Rottweilers to like little little? Is that like a little rat dog? It's a Morky. It's a Maltese Yorkie. Yes, we got two of you. <laughs> it's a Morky. It's a mix of two small dogs to make a smaller yeah. dog. Yeah, and they, yeah, and they and they own the Rottweilers. Yeah. You know what I've taken from that is you feel very secure. Well, you I mean you have what two Rottweilers. I do. So what I do is I, I walk the Morkies in the morning. Uh-huh. Afterwards, I, I immediately rock the Wattwater so that people are looking at me funny in the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm like, hold on. Give me a second. Let me go get the big-ass dog. Yeah. Yeah. Back up. Well, yeah. good, man. I'm, uh, I did not know you had a Morky. We got to hang out more. This is the, we, we don't do this enough. I'm so. coming to Montana. Okay. We, we need to, like my, so my co-host on our radio show here is from like the central central east part of Montana. So he's like, before you do anything with Montana, I know you love Big Sky, all that. He's like, well, if you don't visit Chris yes, up dude. part of Montana, he goes, then you are missing living. He goes, I'm that is living. You. I'm telling you. And all they have out his way is like trout fishing and empty fields, but like Glacier Park, Flathead Lake, yeah. Whitefish, all that stuff. You've been promising to visit me for years. I'm not going to hold my breath. Also, we get, we're going to get you on Killy one of these days too. Well, I'm gonna get a GoFundMe for the flight out to Montana. But okay. Once I get that, get that. Okay, get cool. That. Well, dude, it was good. It was good talking to you, and uh, wishing you guys the best of luck this weekend. And and please give uh, Virginia your your positive energy as we uh, enter that game three plus yeah. touchdown dogs. Hey, you know what? You guys are there. Um, it's a good sign, and you beat the Hokies, so that's a win. See that's you a later, win, man. Buddy. Appreciate you. You gotta dude. take baby steps, bro. See baby, steps. <laughs> baby steps. Great movie. All right, dude. All right, buddy. All right, catch you. All right, so um, that was James Laronite. He's one of my all-time favorite teammates. What a nice guy. Yeah. And what a nice uh, fireplace that was. Uh, really lovely home. Also an owner of a small dog. Uh, we heard it barking in the background. You a small dog guy? No, big dog. Big dog guy. <laughs> big dog guy. Fireplace guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, not so high on the uh, the dog, a little higher on the fireplace. One of the best teammates I ever had. We've talked about the pranks we used to pull. He was a a consummate professional and somebody that honestly deserved a lot better than how it ended for him in, in New Orleans and um, was a guy that deserved to win just as much as anybody else. But he got to win in college. It all evens out. He's a Rams leading tackler, and uh, he is great on TV as well. Really bright guy and a good buddy. So, good do, to have him. Do you want to spell Laurinaitis for the people? L-A-U-R-A-N-A-I-T-I-S. That's wrong. We'll see you in corrections. Okay. So, uh, this week we have Joe Harris, the interview that we, we talked about popping in last week um but some things didn't line up with the holiday weekend we wanted to give you guys some room to breathe joe is going to come out this weekend on the fishbowl we also have friday Uh, i really want to dive into the worst teams this year let's not forget about the bad teams as we start to characterize their contests as valueless there are a lot of still important themes and subplots playing out in some of these, you know, Bengals, Browns type games. Uh, really interesting segment coming Friday about all that. And also um, the paths forward for some of these bad teams. I'm sure we'll talk 
a lot about the Baltimore matchup this weekend with the Bills. Um, we will talk about championship games coming up this weekend. And, of course, have Stanford Steve again. So check us out on Chalk Media. Is that the uh, is that the handle for our Twitter? That's right. I'm going to bounce to Charlotte on Friday. So you and Steve and company have fun. Yeah, so I got to go to Charlotte on Saturday. Get to go. Yeah. I got to go. Well, you know, that's that's what happens. Well, no, I can't go on Friday. Yeah, right. Yeah. Got Married you. with children. Got you. Can't just jet off. At O'Neal. Haven't, haven't been to an ACC championship game. Nor have I. So this is going to be a big weekend. Um, so check us out on Friday. Thanks for watching. Y'all take care. Y'all take care. You want to say corrections? Yeah, um, I would love to do some corrections because I'm sure I didn't have a lot of mistakes today. Laurinaitis, L-A-U-R-I-N-A-I-T-I-S. Tano Passigno. Not oh, that hard. That's yeah. the, Tano Passigno, that's yeah. the guy's name that, that absolutely Passigno. murdered everybody with, with, uh, with, with the over. Yeah. In the Chiefs Raiders game. You said that Ant Harris scored seven points for the Vikes. He scored six. He scored six. Dan Bailey tacked on that seventh. Yeah, let's not forget kickers, right? You mentioned that the problem for the Bama offense is not Tua. It's very much not Tua with regard to the Iron Bowl. Not missing Tua. No, not missing Tua. Mac Jones was in there. Did you not understand what I was saying there? Did you really think that I watched the Orange or the the Iron Bowl? I got Orange Bowl on the brain right now. As do I. Yeah. Do you really think I watched that game and didn't know Tua wasn't playing? No. I think you could have been a little bit more clear um, in your... Uh, Jesus. Uh, that is a lot of... I thought you could have, could have been a little bit more clear when relating the Crimson Tide to the New England Patriots. Well, I mean... No. And I, finally... I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, what's, to... What's the word in court? Plead the fifth? No, where they playing the ob- objection sustained. Over, sus- yeah, well, I'm going to overrule that. Okay. Uh, last week, Keith Van Horn was not on the 2003 New Jersey Nets. Did I say that last week? Yeah, he missed that club by uh, a year. We were talking about things that happened in 03, like Virginia beating Virginia Tech. You know, we've also talked about Tua on this pod and his season-ending injury and the prospects. Yeah, dude, I know. I didn't think that you this thought. This is a waste of my corrections. I, nah. Run back the tape. It it should have been mentioned. Mac, my man Mac should have been mentioned. Mac's, uh, Mac's pretty good. And finally, I said y'all take care uh, while listen while looking into this camera here. Uh huh. I really want to have that back and be looking into that camera there. So that that was on you. Yeah. And so okay. Y'all take care. You also um, you also said that Bofa 